Motortalk at the SMMT Test Day 2023 Part 2 Fiat, Toyota, Volkswagen, BYD again, Volvo, Renault, Dacia, DS and Cupra. I've just gone out on my own for a bit. Yeah, as Jim's on the phone sorting something out and I decided that I was going to have a little of a play with the 500E and then the 695R bath which is a bit of a, a bit of a shift difference between the two so the 500e then well let's start there it's dynamically i've got to say it's not my favorite steering is particularly light not particularly feelsome and there's a tendency to wash wide and understeer now that's all well and good when you're driving around an alpine route but when you're you know driving around city does it matter probably not it's relatively comfortable it's very easy to drive and it'd be very easy to park but to be honest when you drive some of the other bits and pieces having come straight from the mg4 having driven the mini it just doesn't live with the two of them it doesn't have that same feeling of quality that you get in the mini it doesn't have the same feeling of quality you get in the mg and certainly dynamically it doesn't seem to have the same quality of drive so unfortunately for me it's a no 595 or sorry 695 this should i say the Arbath convertible this one completely different kettle of fish unquestionably an older car it feels a bit different to drive in terms of uh, the fact obviously it's got an engine for a start incredible sounding exhaust it's an Arbath this one so it has a great sound to it but again it's a little bit uh, a little bit of a different thing so the, the the car is obviously a fiat 500 underneath we know that they're not the last word in quality. We know there's not a huge amount of space for your feet, for example. Blame this perhaps on being a right-hand drive version of a left-hand drive vehicle and a relatively small one at that. However, it makes an incredible noise. Yep, I will give it that for certain. The convertible suffers a bit of scuttle shake. Gear shift is relatively well-weighted, but there's a bit of vagary in, in, in the exchange. So you go to change gear and it's just, it feels like the car's done a few more miles than it has. But otherwise, what a difference in the way it, it feels to drive. Steering weight is good, although I have to say it's not particularly feelsome when comparison to something like the Mini. Um, and let's, I think it's probably a fair comparison just because of the size of the thing. Brakes, okay, not bad. Again, you can sort of stand on those. There's a re relatively good amount of modulation. Could be stronger in places, suffered from a little bit of fade under hard braking going through the Alpine route. But for me, of the two, it would probably be my choice. But at the sort of uh, the sort of competition that it's got now, if you really want a 500, yes, it's it's quite a good one, and we like the 500 um, our bath. I think it's it's a uh, has always been a relatively good performance buy, and it's certainly a great looking thing. But would I spend my own money on it? Probably not. I would say look at the Fiesta ST as, a, as a, an alternative drive. Look at the, the Mini Cooper S perhaps, and look at the uh, the i20N. Also worth a bit of a glance in this sort of price and class bracket. So, the ID Buzz, the uh, new electric iteration of one of the most famous, most iconic vehicles of uh, well, the last 60-odd years. It's a former owner of two uh, camper vans. Interesting to compare from one to the other. This is... Uh, it's very different. I mean, immediately I've noticed how much roomier it is. It's a smaller vehicle, but with more room in it. There's a sort of TARDIS-like quality about the front of it. There's uh, a lot more room in it. Initial impressions? Well, I've never driven an original camper van, so uh, I can't immediately compare the two, but I would imagine that this one's possibly a little bit simpler and quieter. And certainly better finished inside i don't know how you would uh, rate the interior but uh, very vw is probably the polite way of putting it uh yes it's uh, there's one or two things in here i'm less keen about but uh, perhaps that's because i don't like uh, the color scheme but that was personal taste but well it's the uh, outrageous yellow that uh, it was all the launch photos and things were this kind of nice bright you know future color weren't they really to uh, appeal to people again who perhaps didn't have the original um, buses, they don't remember them. <laughs> no, it's 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 a very different world that this is uh, going into, and uh, certainly it is a lot quieter 
then all the buses we had a 1600 and then a two litre and that the 1600 probably couldn't have done uh, and they were cranky noisy things and they have their adherence but um, they both cost me a fortune to run this one seems to be rather better screwed together I think it feels a lot tighter well we're, we're doing the alpine course so twisty turny uppy downy and uh, you know, again, I keep on having to look down and realise quite how fast we're going because it is so quiet. It is, you know, we're not again not throwing things round corners because I don't know quite how big and heavy this is meant to be, but it doesn't seem sort of like it's going to topple over at any moment. Like, again, previous versions I can imagine weren't very good on alpine corners. Uh, no, previous versions were certainly not very stable. You, you have to, to really love them to want to buy into a Type 1 or a Type 2 or even the slightly later you know the bay windows but um this is 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 a whole different ball game and this this drives much more like a car than a van um and certainly that's the the, the sense i'm getting of it i think a, a tad understeery on uh, those last couple of corners perhaps i should be slowing down a little bit and uh enjoying the drive rather than pushing it too far but uh yeah, I, I don't know. You're not meant to throw these things around, are you? It's just not not what they're meant to be. No, in, indeed not. I mean, it's, coming back to the interior for, for a moment, there's there's a more sort of, it's dated me perhaps, a more Formica feel about it. <laughs> in in the buses of, uh, of, of yore, there was much more um, uh, exposed metal than there is now. And the quality of the plastic is very good, as good as anybody's. Uh, but it ought to be. They've been making these these things for a long, for a long time now. They ought to have got it about right. But it it's it looks to me like it's you know very easy to control. And uh, I think that's a that's an interesting, slightly retro uh, step in some ways, of putting the gear shift, such as it is, on the right hand side of the steering column. Yes, I mean it took a few moments to uh, work out where it was, and. I mean, you don't need big gear sticks and things these days, do you? You fire and forget almost. You, you set it up and off you go. We just reached the steepest bit of the course. And obviously, whereas in a 1.6 or whatever it was, you said that the old camper van, you'd be in probably first gear or something to try and get up that hill. You know, you just point and shoot. Exactly. You, you, you would have been really struggling and with, this, with the 1600. It's one of the reasons we changed to the, to the 2 litre. It had slightly more oomph, but not much more. But this is, uh, this is a whole different ball game. That, that torque makes quite such a difference. I'd be interested to uh, find out what the range of this is. But, you know, one of the, I guess one of the things with uh, any EV is if the vehicle's bigger, you can stick more battery in it. Certainly, there's there's plenty of room in the back. Whether there's enough room to make it into a viable camper van is another story. But I'm sure they're working on it. Well, if you reckon that the interior is bigger than the exterior in that, that TARDIS fashion, as you said earlier, yeah. presumably uh, yes. I mean, I, I is it slightly taller than the old campers? Uh, no, I don't think it is. No, I remember the uh, the camper vans being. Uh, a little bit taller than this. Both of ours had uh, lifting roofs, but um, uh, there's no reason this can't. Heated seats, everything I think that you would reasonably want. Certainly, much much better equipped than the uh, the older ones. But there we are. You know, they they would be, wouldn't they? Really, they, yeah. they have their fans, and the world has moved on. And but you know, some people who want the older vans, the world hasn't moved on for them they're still recreating the 60s. Uh, I mean, the, one thing that might put the hippies off is the price, I guess. That This is not something that you pick up for a couple of grand and then run into the ground over your summer holes. Uh, no, uh, there used to be in Amsterdam, uh, in front of the American Express Bureau, was where all of the uh, holidaying um, Aussies and Americans and so on would sell off their camper vans cheap. It was the cheapest place in Europe to buy a VW bus because they all had to sell up and go home. And this isn't going to be there anytime soon, <laughs> certainly. I don't know, do we know the price of this? It's... 
Uh, we don't, so we need to uh, find out when we get back. ID bus prices start at just under £60,000. Well, we like, generally. I mean, it drives well, it feels well. Yeah, we like it a lot. Yes, please. That's a nice car. What's the repayments on one of those? More than you can afford, pal. Ferrari. Smoke him. Guess where we are? Uh, well, don't need to guess. We are inside the Toyota Supra. The reason why we jumped in this one particularly is because it's a manual. That's what we needed. Oh, oh it sounds good, doesn't it? Step up a lane or two, don't we? 100 miles an hour today. There's a bus. Nice in here. It's got uh, a typically BMW interior. We knew that though, didn't we? We knew it was going to be a BMW interior. Nothing really has changed in that regard. Carbon fibre in the middle, leather everywhere else. It's actually, well, coming from a Mark IV Supra, because when we say Supra, that's what we think of, isn't it, Mark IV? It feels smaller to me. It's, uh, no, this is a very nice place to sit. It's just uh, unusual to get in a car like this and for it to have three pedals, three pedals? Have three pedals and a, uh, and a manual gear lever. It's, uh, it's very nice. It is. Sounds good too, I have to say. Now, the problem is with only being able to take a car on the high-speed bowl, it's very hard to tell much about it other than the fact that it can do 100 miles an hour in a circle. But it's quite good because I've set the speed limiter to 100 miles an hour, and in most cars, to maintain 100, you'd have to have your foot down so hard that you go past, you'd override the limiter. Whereas in this, you need a teeny tiny bit of throttle to keep it at 100. So, I'm quite happy with that. What can we say about the Supra then? Well, if you've not seen one before, the inside of it is, well, nice, it's BMW, as we were saying. There's no space in the back. It's strictly a two-seater, because otherwise, where would you put anyone unless they fit in the glove box? And I can tell you now, they probably wouldn't. Everything is nicely screwed together. Sounds nice. Does sound nice, doesn't it? Does sound very nice. It sounds like it needs more of a whoosh to me. Yeah, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of that at low speed, wasn't there? It's a bit noisy this road surface to be able to hear that properly, but I think there is a bit of that. There is, yeah. So yes, as uh, as we've alluded to, we're in the three litre manual Supra. This one is a lovely uh, fetching shade of dawn blue. It's a nice colour. Price on the road, fifty five grand. It's not bad actually, is it for? For all of this, I think I think that's that's all right. It's a lot of car. It's a lot of power for the money. It's good. Oh, a bit of a squirm there. Oh, I'm just giving it the beans, as you can probably tell from the uh, from the audio here. So, such as the I guess the myth that surrounds the Supra that it's it's effectively gained itself almost like a supercar status, hasn't it? Really, I think people think of of Supras as a lot more than they are in terms of more than a sports car. And I don't mean that in any kind of derogatory sense because I, I kind of love them to bits, really. It's quite pleasant to drive, though, isn't it? It sits around you. And I guess my my experience, really, is mostly with the Mark IV Supra, which is the one that we all know and love from Fast and Furious. And it doesn't feel like the same car to me. The cabin's smaller, for sure, without the space for passengers in the back. But it is unquestionably a lot better screwed together um, being BMW, I like the carbon fibre, I like the leather, and it's in by no means a criticism. And it's nice to have one with a, a manual box. The real problem I have is, I can't really tell you a huge amount about it whilst we're on the high-speed bowl, because all I can tell you is it can turn left. I say, it's, uh, it's quite a, a lumpy, bumpy ride, isn't it? It's definitely on the firmer side. It is, but I still think you could probably cruise along on this quite nicely. I think I'd just much rather show it uh, a twisty alpine route and enjoy it that way. Um, I enjoy it. I think you'd, you certainly would be quite happy to be seen out and about it. And it feels special. It does feel special. It's a great looking thing as well, to be completely honest. Does putting it in normal do anything with the suspension? Uh, no. I don't know. It's still, it's still a bit of movement, isn't there? I kind of want to go a bit quicker, but 100 miles an hour is, uh, is where we set the limit, and uh, that's where we've sit. 
grapes are excellent. They are. They do grab, don't they? They really do. I was not expecting them to come on quite so quickly. Yeah, I'll try the blippy uh, downward shift. Whoa. I do like it, though. It's nice, isn't it? Would you have this over a similarly priced car? So, Z4, obviously, obvious comparison. Would you have it over what else comes in close? Boxster, maybe? Uh, the Alpine's more expensive, isn't it? By what, 20 something thousand? Yes, but the Alpine, firstly, you can try it on the Alpine course, which makes a hell of a difference. That does help. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think that sort of. Uh, the problem is with Alpine at the moment is it, you're starting looking not far off Lotus money, and it's very easy to go from one to another to another to another, isn't it? Yeah, it's that, that incremental step, isn't it? Once you've gone up 20, then to go up another two, three, four, five is not that much. No. But to go from 50 odd to 70 odd is a very big jump. It is. Right, we are building our dreams presently. We are. That is an almighty screen. Isn't it? We are in the BYD. Which one's this one? Which one isn't it? This is the Atto 3, the this Atto. one. Which is a lovely shade of teal, just to set the picture for you. Right, so the chap has rather helpfully driven it nose in, so let's reverse out carefully. Very good camera, we like that. 360 camera. I thought for a moment it was Michael Gove that was driving this. <laughs> It, uh, it did look like him, didn't it? It did. So this colour is surfing blue. There is skiing white, climbing grey, parkour red and exploring green because lifestyle. Why not indeed? Lifestyle vehicle. Now we've got to do a road route so we're going to have to navigate on our way round. There's a Supra. Supra is a good looking car. Okay, well this is this is a bit different. The inside of this has been inspired by a gym, but also... Not uh, me, as in a GYM, isn't it? Yes, a GYM. But also because this thing, it's, well, it's inspired by the sea isn't it so it's got various different uh, inspirations it's got a very swooping swooping dash this not inspired by the sea you can probably just about hear uh, Jim twanging his strap but across from the speaker it has guitar strings um, well sort of guitar strings they're softer so think bungee cord and you just know your passengers would be constantly driving along twanging them though you'd never ever be able to have a child in the front uh, no you wouldn't would you but it's a uh, i'll tell you what it's a cool thing and it's a bit why well why not well, it why is not it's different it is different the outside is distinctive i think the ride is sublime absorbs bumps really nicely doesn't it it does it's a uh, it's a little bit floaty just on initial impressions Steering was doing very weird things there. And we've got the roof open currently, so we're just going to shut that so we have uh, less, noise. less noise for you. However, that that does. Oh, okay, right, so we've got uh, touch buttons on the ceiling. Wow. Ooh, just spotted a Lotus, uh, Lotus Amira coming the other way. How do we make it colder in here? That's a great question. So just looking for the climate controls. So this is the first time we've climbed into this. Now that just turns it off. Do we just say to it? BYD. Hi BYD. Make temperature 18 degrees. Okay, I've adjusted the temperature to 18 degrees. Ah, clever. She is very American, isn't she? I think you can basically tell this car to do most of its functions. Hi BYD. Open the passenger window. Oh, you've, you've interfered with it. Now it's going really loud. We don't want that. Playing with the climate control. Hi, BYD. Lower the passenger window. Oh my goodness. Hi, BYD. Put the passenger window up, please. Ah, oh, this is clever. So. In case you hadn't guessed, oh, we've lost dropped our number. Oh, no, oh. there it is. Hey, BYD, raise the passenger window. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone's saying thank you to everybody here. This is very polite. very polite. Right, come um, on, navigator, where are we going? Turn left. Continue over level crossing. Easy right into hard left. Hard left, maybe. Glitterball. We've had a quick swap around, so we'll pop the uh, windows up so we can talk to you in a uh, relative peace and quiet. And uh, yeah, initial impressions, I I think it's okay. 
It, it is okay. I mean, I think the interiors may be a little bit divisive. Um, if you like this kind of thing, great. I mean, the interior quality is pretty good. With the exception of the door handles, which I'm not keen on. Not the door release, but the actual grab handles have got like a... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, mould yeah, line. A, uh, yeah, the mould line on the top that you can see is a bit... Mm, the soft touch that's around them is nice. The door release, the door pull is unusual. It's nice. It's a little bit... I don't know, is it trying to TVR its way into things? Just do things differently, because why not? Uh, so, uh, instructions. Where had we got to? Is it number six, straight on at roundabout? Yeah. So, picks up all right. It does, so thoughts on the car. There's a bit of torque steer there, actually. I wasn't quite expecting that as I came off the roundabout. Um, but otherwise, if you ignore the, the crease of the door, material quality is actually really quite good. The controls are logically laid out. There's a massive touchscreen. And it's inspired by, as we've said before, the inside of a gym. So you've got barbell weights or something similar in front. I'm not sure I quite get that. Is that what they're supposed to be? I guess so. I quite like the uh, the middle centre bit. That's um, very Audi, isn't it? I quite like that with the buttons down there. A yeah. nice ribbed armrest. There are a, a, a number of buttons, which is, I think, probably a good thing because quite often these days we see buttons removed and removed and removed and, and you just need to be able to see certain things. There's a button to turn the fan on and off, which is good because you kind of want that. But I think I probably would have liked to have a, a, a button to be able to bring the climate straight up on the screen. As it is, it's at the bottom, so you can have a little shortcut button so it brings up another menu. But I'd rather be able to just adjust things instantly. Yeah, I think it's okay from the passenger seat because you've got time to just stare at the screen and press the buttons. So, so everything is logically laid out. This is not really a sporty drive in any way, shape or form, is it? It's no, it's a bit. It's a bit floppy. It's a bit, a little bit wayward. I don't know. Yeah, the interior is. I, there's some nice materials in it. There's some nice bits on it. I just, I'm not sure the whole thing works together. No. I quite like the screen in front of the steering column. Although interestingly, I can't see it from here at all. I can't see a thing on there. No, you can't see it from from the side. I can see it either. But it's a very comfortable ride. You, you could drive for many, many miles. Uh, and I think be relatively, relatively comfortable in this. It's very relaxing. Definitely needs a different couple of options for interior colour combos. Yeah, I don't know if I'm getting slight, what was it, Fiesta Metal, Z-Tech, S1600, whatever it was, special edition thing that had the blue and silver leather in it that seemed to date very, very quickly. I think this is maybe a little bit like that, possibly. Yeah, so we've got blue, blue at the top of the dash, cream on the front of the dash, black on the door tops, brushed metal around the air vents in two different shades, gloss black on the steering wheel. Matte black on the buttons in the centre console, but gloss black around the start button and the handbrake. Although the start-stop button is, uh, is beautiful, that's a rather nice glass Aston Martin looking thing, isn't it? I quite, uh, I quite like that. And red stitching on the seats. And chrome around various bits. Yeah, so there's a lot of materials in here. I think perhaps simplifying that down a bit. Oh, a little blue lights around the speakers or blue detailing? Uh, yeah, a little blue, uh, blue rings around there. But again, it's, going to be, it's red on the, on the air vents that are supposed to look like dumbbells. I, think, I don't know, the discussion seems to be, OK, material choices and what should have been a short list or a brainstorming session just became the list. Yes. Like, there's no such thing as a bad idea. Go. Yeah, exactly. The screen, responsive. It flips, this one, so you can go from portrait to landscape, which is pretty cool. It's not the most intuitive I've ever used, if I'm being honest. Um, but as you go up, things are looking, yeah, a, a bit better. The lighting system, the roof controls, everything else. Headliner, you've got some really nicely finished sun visors. The lighting itself looks, looks pretty good. So, I'm going to come back to the ride though, because the ride, I think, is pretty sublime. I do like that, and it's quiet, and it's comfortable, and I think if you're looking for a car, rather than looking for a sporty drive, then maybe it's worth consideration. We're in the Volvo V60, uh, and obviously we need to draw comparisons with our Volvo V70 of an earlier generation. It's rather swisher inside than uh, our earlier V70. 
and they've got a 240 on the stand and we had a 144 many years ago so uh, we have been with several generations of Volvos yes it is quite nippy yes as he said <laughs> Right, so V60, the lower-powered of the two vehicles that were there, the, the other being the V90. I think the last we drove was the V70 before this one. This is looking and feeling as though it's quite a bit quicker because this is a hybrid. And what was it, 270 brake he was talking about? Something like that, the, the combined figure yeah. of the electric and the engine yes I don't know when they built this course but each year we come and I'm wondering whether it's actually much of a challenge to modern cars because I don't think that it's very easy to find a car that finds any of these corners and inclines and things as a challenge anymore is it uh, I think that's very true it's it's uh in terms of degrees of difficulty for most modern cars who are, that are so much better planted, so much more agile, the steering is so much more precise, the the tyres are so much grippier, that in, indeed it's probably not as much of a challenge as it would have been 10, 20 years ago. Uh, I think for some drivers it's still a challenge. <laughs> well, I'm mean, assuming that at least this was designed in what let's say the 70s yeah. and it was designed for Vauxhall as well wasn't it yeah, so vo Vauxhalls of the 70s compare and contrast with the Astra that's just illegally overtaken us <laughs> on this uh, bit here it's uh, yeah definitely uh, what's the phrase chalk and cheese <laughs> completely different ends of the spectrum anyway yeah, they're very different cars now. Uh, Volvo, of course, now owned by uh, Geely. That's uh, another uh, overtake uh, that's uh, in the wrong place. Um, but, uh, but never mind. Uh, owned by Geely now and aimed at a, a, a bit of a different audience. They, they don't have quite the same uh, Scandinavian genes as they once had. They are not quite as intended to be quite as practical as they once were. Um, they're a little more mainstream, but they're not cheap mainstream. They're still uh, expensive cars, but there's a lot in them, and uh, they are very well designed, very well sorted, very well built cars. Um, Geely, in, in some ways, you know, having bought into Volvo, MG, and others, uh, sensibly seem to leave well alone and not modify the brand too much that they lose their regular clientele. Just uh, back off a little so we can uh, have a little run up. There you go, I said it was a hybrid. <laughs> so, summing up, Volvo or not Volvo? Uh, I wouldn't object. Uh, I haven't really checked out the size of the boot which is uh, why, generally speaking, people will be buying an estate car. People with a little bit more taste, dare I say, over an SUV, which is uh, the simple choice these days. But, uh, yeah, very nice. It drives well, it handles well, it's quiet. You know, it's even when we've been revving it then, it hasn't been noisy, has it, really? No, not at all. But, uh, I mean, I think it will be the price that would be the uh, deciding factor for buying something like this, because it's not going to be cheap. But I think we are mutually agreed that, uh, albeit that it might be a bit niche now, the estate car still has its place. Oh yeah, I mean particularly if it is a proper load lugger. I mean you've got your Volvo, you can fit lots of stuff in the back. I suspect you'd be wanting a trailer if you had one of these <laughs> to fit it all in. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't go uh, in here and uh, we'd need a very large roof rack. <laughs> or one of those top boxes which entirely negates your... Uh, fuel consumption aspirations fuel consumption aspirations we are getting posh aspirations <laughs> Mike is uh, positively frothing with excitement over the car we're currently sat in which is the all new 
Renault Megane E-Tech, 100% electric. I think it's okay in here, actually, to be fair. It's, we've got a touchscreen, we've got a big digital screen in the middle, which is fairly standard fare, but actually we've still got some physical buttons. There's a button to turn it on and off. There's a... Uh, clicky button. A nice clicky button to do the temperature, my side, your side, fan speed. So the actual controls you need instantly to hand are, uh, are a bit easier to find. So, yeah, I think you feel a bit comfier in it. And that is a click and a clonk. It is. We could do a separate feature just on indicators, I reckon. Do you know what? I quite like the design of this thing. It's uh, it's okay in here, actually, isn't it? And a bit like the Porsche earlier, it's got the... It's got a button, a rotary thing on the steering wheel, a button stuck out. It says multi-sense. Yeah, I'm not sure that makes sense. What but, happens when you press it? Uh, oh, I can change the drive mode, so I'm, ah, there I'm we in go. sport. So jumping into this thing, it's a bit taller than the old Megane. It's a bit like an SUV, but not quite. The it's like a Megane Active. Isn't it, it is. The floor height inside, though, is really high, which is weird. I, don't, I assume because it's got a battery underneath. But it's really smart in here. Um, the seats are nice. It's quite nicely trimmed. Everything you touch is soft. It looks, I mean, it's quite a high trim, I think, this one. But it it looks funky, doesn't it? It's, it's quite... We've got some, uh, some nice carpeted door bins. Yeah. We've got I'm... some yellow stitching. We've got the uh, sort of a, I don't know, what's this material? I don't know, it's almost like a, it looks just like a speaker fabric, oh, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, speaker fabric on top, isn't it? I don't know if that is a speaker or not, but... But it picks up all right. It goes it goes very well. The dash and this thing, it's kind of a bit like... If you, if, in fact, if you've driven anything by VW recently, it'd feel right at home. It's, a, it's very similar. The screen, nav straight in front of me. Quite like that. A drive selector, just above the indie, uh, above, the, above the wiper stalk. And it still has what is almost exactly like the ancient audio controls that used to get in every Renault forever just above my right knee. So I'd imagine that if I sat really close to the steering wheel, just like in every Renault previously, I'd probably be adjusting the volume. Oh, um, yeah. My dad's Clio had almost those exact same it things. exactly the same as every Renault I've ever driven. If it ain't broke. <clears throat> well, it was broke. I didn't like it. But nevertheless... <laughs> That's because it was used. I, I do like the fact it's got some physical buttons for the climate control and bits and pieces like that below the stereo, which is quite nice. And what can I say? It rides quite insulated the steering is very light it feels much like every other electric car we've driven how does it handle well it's okay i mean we're going up through some twisty bits now i'm braking with medium force turning in tightly on a, on a hairpin there's a bit of roll there's a lot of roll <laughs> um and there's a, an absolute scrabble when you put your foot down out of a corner at speed so we i say it's speed we're doing what feels like quite a speed. There's a speed limit around here of 55, and we're doing about 48 to 50 miles an hour. These are tight bends, some of them are off camber. We've got some lumps and some bumps. Um, there's not much at the moment, at least if it's not set up, I don't know, in the way of regen braking. It's quite powerful in terms of the amount of go, the torque is definitely there. Now, if you're used to driving a traditional hot hatch I guess something maybe naturally aspirated you'd be pleasantly surprised by this except for the understeer now these corners as I say are quite tight some of camber but you could definitely do with having well either a bit of lift off oversteer to help correct yourself out of the line I think or maybe a little bit less understeer I guess it's relatively safe isn't it but it doesn't make for the best driving experience the other thing that I'm not too keen on is this has a sort of two-stage throttle. So under normal acceleration, you don't use all of it. And then if you want to go the whole way, you put your foot right to the floor. And it's a bit like having a kick down. So it, there's a bit of a, a gap. And there are times when I do want to put my foot down and I don't necessarily want to have to worry about crossing the kick down bit. Now, in other cars, I've been keeping to my side of the road. It's a one-way circuit, so that's fine. In this, in order to make any sort of real speedy progress I've been using both sides and that's somewhat intentional because I think otherwise it become very uncomfortable very quickly oh. if you're not driving it like a total flute though it's comfortable it's really nicely trimmed and the styling is nice if you're the kind of person that enjoys French styling the seats to me remind me of an old 90s Citroen um, and that's that's no bad thing I don't I don't dislike it and it is comfortable and I think you could sit here and waft along all day the styling outside where well, it's it's smart in a way that french cars are it's not offensive 
does it excite me? Not particularly. It doesn't really tickle the pickle. Um, but you know what? I can't say that I'm as excited and surprised as I was by the MG4, which was or has been a standout for me. But if you're not ready to go for something that's a bit unusual looking, and that it doesn't look necessarily like every other car you've driven, then maybe this is an option for you because this is just a car, really. Um, and it's not an unpleasant one. It's not. It's quite nice. How much is this? Do we know? Ooh. There's an Aston Martin coming the other way. It's a DB9. That probably has a bearing on how much we like it. Mm, I like the DB9. It is £40,000. It's how much? £40,000. English pounds. £40,000 for Renault Megane. Well, I suppose that's it's the same as a petrol-powered Ford Focus. Is that as tested? tested. £39,445. This this car has tested. What can we say about it? It's got all the bits on there. It's got everything you'd expect. Climate control, power folds, auto lights, windows, a... It has windows. It does have windows. Wireless charging pad. A rimless mirror. It's got heated seats, heated steering wheel. So it is... You know, it's it's the top spec one, and as I say, it is quite nice. But whether it's, 40, it's it is forty thousand pounds. We are in and get ready for this because I know you're excited. The Jatcha Dogger. Jatcha. Jatcha Dogger. The Jatcha. Jatcha Dogger. Datcha. Datcha Dogger. Datcha. Datcha Jogger. Why are you saying Jatcha? Well, I don't know. I got it the wrong way around. I said Jatcha Dogger, and that's oh, not right, yes. is it? Yeah. No, the Datcha Jogger. But I suppose if that's what you're into, there's a lot of space in this, because this is the cheapest seven-seater that you can buy on the market at the moment. And it's okay. Now, I do know... Uh, what I have seen, we mentioned it before when we were looking at them again, this has got the old-fashioned style controls for the stereo. That They will they will not let that die. They won't. It's, uh, yeah, very old school. That guy's absolutely no sense of anything around him. That, no, definitely it's, not. It's but twice his number crashed into on it which is quite cool mm, anyway so my first question yes. gearbox park reverse neutral drive B what's B Burr. let's have a look we'll have a look and see maybe they'll give us some sort of answer on, on the spec sheet no there you go if you know answer this question now we had a request to do this vehicle from Andrew Clark. Andrew, this is for you, so I hope you're listening to this and I hope you enjoy it, because certainly I'm not expecting to. However, it's quite comfy. It's quite comfy, isn't it? It's quite soft. It's quite loud in here, though. I'm going to say that there's not a huge amount of insulation. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely built to a price point, isn't it? But the, uh, the chap who just got out of it before said there was a strange rattle from the left rear somewhere, and he's definitely right. So, built to a price. It is. Have a listen. Everything is made of plastic. But, bits up high, so the bit where you put your elbow is a, a fabric. It's not particularly well padded, but at least it's fabric. It's, it's the same sort of fabric that you get on a running shoe. A training shoe. It is, a, on a, call it. a training shoe, but it is like a, a trainer's type fabric, isn't it? The and, one thing I will say, there is absolutely no underleg support at the front of the squab so the seats for me are an absolute no i think they're okay they're quite squad um, squishy and, and, and squidgy i like the air vents they've got some nice detailing on those See, I, I find sort of the between about halfway down my thighs forward there's just no support at all and there's no way of adjusting it to get any more support out of it this is seven seats there's a reasonable amount of space behind the driver there's a reasonable amount of space behind the second row seat, so seven-seater. Nice to be able to have the practicality, and if you didn't use that, I suppose it's it's not really like an S-Max or a Galaxy or something. It's kind of closer to a tall estate, I would say. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely got the estate look about it. Let's uh, try it over the bumps. And, oh, you feel them, you hear them, you feel them. <coughs> you do. So, that's, um, yeah, there's definite feedback through the chassis, but... I don't know, in sort of interior quality terms, it's not quite as good as a Fiesta, but how much is this? £23,645 as tested, the only option being metallic paint at 650 quid. We are going in keen. The engine makes a uh, 
make some noise. It's harsh, isn't it? This is a hybrid one, this one. So when you consider it's hybrid, it's actually quite cheap. It's called terracotta bronze, this colour. There's no way around it. It's beige, isn't it, to be honest? It's sort of a metallic beige. Dynamically, what are we thinking? It is roly-poly. It's harsh. The ride is okay. The Sandero is trying hard and is starting to get really unsettled. <laughs> we are in, a, uh, in the Dacia Grand Prix of Millbrook at the moment. <laughs> it, the <laughs> Sandero is not looking composed. This has... Oh my God. Oh, Oh my goodness, he's nearly lost it. Uh, not us, the other Dacia. I suspect he's not altogether happy by the fact that he's being shown up by a people carrier as we come through here. Dynamically, this isn't great, is it? Let's be honest. But it doesn't need to be, let's face it. It's for the it's it's practical and to do a job, isn't it? If you want a cheap seven-seater then this is definitely that. You can have this car, you can have it with all its warranty and everything else, and it's gonna be as cheap, if not cheaper, than a used S-Max, or there's not very many other seven-seaters out there anyway, and if the, even the ones that there are, seven-seat SUVs, probably aren't worth mentioning in comparison to the S-Max. The rest of them are ancient anyway, aren't they? No, exactly, that's it. I think if you are if you have a, a need for seven-seats, an S-Max or a Galaxy is still still your best bet, I think. Yeah, I agree. Possibly even just the older shape S-Max. Okay, you might spend a couple of quid more on maintenance, but you'll pick them up cheap as chips and they're brilliant fun to drive. And So what have we got? We have got ABS. Why do they even list that as a feature? ESP. Oh, probably something like that. Front and rear parking sensors and a reverse camera and blind spot warning. That, that is a good level of kit, considering kit. you would pay more for that on pretty much everything else and certainly anything German you wouldn't we've got a nice I'll say nice we've got a, a digital or semi-digital cluster in the middle so it shows me what's going on with the EV and the charge and the hybrid and whatever else I, I recognize that I think that's older Gen McGann or something it doesn't it looks like it's been borrowed from something else six airbags and let's face it that is important because if you've got seven seats you're likely to be moving your kids around in it you're not going to buy this for your own personal pleasure of course unless you need all the space in the back and want to have some flexibility isofix um, for on both outer rear seats but not the ones in the very back an engine immobiliser again why mention it that seems <laughs> we might as well put rear wash wipe or something on there keyless entry it's got a heated rear screen Yes, auto wipers, electric mirrors, and climate control. So, which they call automatic air conditioning, which is weird. Otherwise, it is pretty much what it is. It has got some wheel trims on it that look quite like alloys, but I don't mind that, to be honest, because I think this kind of car, it doesn't really matter. And at least if you clip one, they're going to be probably 30, 40 quid to change instead of 140, 240, whatever the alloy equivalent is going to be. So, I reckon that's okay. So there you go, £23,645. Is it beige? Yes. Would you describe the drive as beige? Yes. Is this alright? Yes. It is quite literally okay. From uh, one similar sized vehicle to another we're into the uh, Citroen D well the DS7 I shouldn't we mustn't say I mustn't Citroen, say Citroen. <laughs> although they are the same company it is DS it's a brand distinction but we've taken it from the Stellantis stand so there's quite a few brands to play with there <laughs> and we we've all commented favorably on the uh, the clock it sort of appears out of the dashboard when you press the engine start it's a neat trick to start with. It's a neat trick. I'm not sure whether the novelty would wear off pretty quickly, possibly by the time we get back, but, you know, it's little touches that DS seem to like, isn't it? it is. I mean, it's, I know we, we spent uh, quite a long time having a tour of one of the original ones at one point. And, uh, yes, there's, there's lots of detailing that uh, 
perhaps you need to be driving it for a few thousand miles to really appreciate I, I think the the one when it first came out and uh, which was more than adequately demonstrated to us was uh, it was something of a tour de force presentation but the level of detailing was quite extraordinary much of that is still in place like the the uh, white stitching of the black leather the uh, sort of diamond cut uh, stainless steel they were, they were very the, much into the diamonds and the, uh, the, the shaping on the buttons indeed they, yeah. so very much so and yet my legs are not particularly long and I've just found this front seat a bit short on the bum that's a curious thing so inside uh, it's got pretty much everything what's it saying yep the uh, display on here says electric mode is currently unavailable battery level low so I can only presume that it has been rather pushed today <laughs> and uh, yes it hasn't had enough chance to recharge uh, well, it's got it's probably got a little bit back there because we went downhill we slowed down because there is a sight bus going around the tour in front of us and uh, yes perhaps it's got a tiny bit back that we can now uh, reuse at a later date the error message is certainly gone so this is the the hybrid we'll find out a little bit later uh, what sort of uh, money we're looking at but it's very very well appointed the ubiquitous big screen although uh, having said the big screen i'm not quite sure how much of that is touch sensitive but there's lots of quite small switches along the bottom edge of it which um, they want a bit of finding i think in the in the dark i don't know maybe they're better lit well, you presumably do have some lighting on? Uh, yes, I've got some lights on. I think they are backlit, looking, li looking at those ones. Yeah, they're not, they're not bright, but again, I suspect that you can adjust that if the urge so took you. I think the following this coach round proves my point about the road not being challenging. Yeah, or indeed. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel quite as uh, planted on the road as the Volvo did, but this is a bit higher up, isn't it? It's not just an estate car it is an SUV and uh, yes I think you can certainly feel that it's a little bit more uh, wallowy is the wrong word but uh, it's, it's not as planted is it, it, it you can you can feel it even from the passenger seat yes it, yes it is a bit yeah the leather's a bit more slippery um, it certainly doesn't accelerate as much as the Volvo but then that might be because the hybrid only has you know one and a half volts and a double A to keep it going I mean, it was certainly it was a DS a few years ago that we all got out feeling sick wasn't it mm. I don't know whether that's uh, because of this wallowy nature I had forgotten that we, we, we found it just a little bit too soft yeah. for comfort didn't we yeah, I mean, whether it's just, again, the, a certain vibration or something that uh, we were getting on these test roads, or whether it was just something about that, or whether we'd all had a slightly dodgy bacon uh, butty to start the day, I don't know. All right, let's see if we can actually accelerate. Feels strained, doesn't it? I mean, it revs, but doesn't really do no, a huge it, amount. It, it, wasn't doing so as cleanly or as rapidly as the uh, as the Volvo did, and since I mean DS, I would presume is still meant to be a luxury part of Citroen or a luxury Brand. affiliate of Citroen. Yeah, um, it do, does it have that extra luxury really? Do you think? Well, it's they're certainly intended to be a premium brand. Uh, I'm not quite sure what spec level we're in. Um, but, but even a low-spec one, you'd, it should be luxury if you're paying extra for it being a DS, I it? would quite agree, and, and that doesn't appear to be the case. But not, uh, I think, clearly not as enjoyable as the, uh, as the Volvo was. No, and I can't imagine there's such a price difference either. And neither. I, how, I mean, this is going to be a 50 grand car, isn't it? Before, I mean, it's, it's, again, because it's luxury, theoretically. I don't think I'll be rushing out for one. We are in the Cupra... What's this? Bourne. Bourne. Jason Bourne. 
the Cupra Born, or the L-Born as a concept was. This is the uh, Cupra, or Seat, however, I, I just still see it as Seat, but anyway, it is Seat. The Cupra version of the ID4. So if you've driven an ID4, this will be instantly familiar. Um, you sit quite high in this, it's a bit like an MPV in terms of its driving style. And this is a car that professes to be a hot hatch. Now I'm expecting performance of warm hatch really. First impressions, it's very nicely trimmed inside as we've come to expect from the, the Seat and Cooper products, it's nicely stitched together. I would say the interior is nicer than an ID3. Yeah, there's some uh, nice soft touch materials. I do like the bronzy colour that they use. That That is a nice touch. Got some nice faux carbon fibre in the middle of the steering wheel, so that excites me. We've got a, a few scratchy plastic bits, but the bits that you mainly touch are generally okay. Yeah, I quite like it. It's, it's a car that... I think looks bigger on the outside and doesn't necessarily feel as big on the inside. Interior space is okay, windscreen's big, visibility's great. Yeah, I think it's okay. It's, I say, being so high up just feels a bit bizarre to me in something that's designed to be that bit sportier. The wheels are epic you though. Sit very high up, don't you? <clears throat> I'm going to see if I can get myself down a bit. Oh, there we go. Keep, keep moving. This is not a quick exercise. I'm oh, right as low as this thing goes now, and it's not really low enough. Over bumps. Off we go then. It doesn't feel frantic, this thing. It doesn't feel. I mean, all electric stuff's quick and it's all quite torquey. Like the Megane? Maybe, yes. Does it feel as quick as the MG4? No. Now, the MG4 is a similar sort of style, I think, really, isn't it? In terms of the body. Not a bad steer, to be honest with you. Instantly, I mean, compared to the Dacia Jogger, we need a bit more brake pedal there. Um, but compared to the Dacia Jogger, obviously it's night and day. And compared to the Megane, it's definitely a better handling car. This feels a lot like cars on the MQB platform. So if you've driven a Golf, if you've driven an Audi A3, if you've driven a Seat Leon, this will feel familiar. There's a little bit of understeer when you're really pushing on, but we are approaching the limits of what we can do here on track. The pedal is weird. It is weird. I, it feels like the first part of the pedal is giving me just regen, and I'm not actually getting a, a bite until I'm about halfway through the pedal. So I'm not that keen on the modulation of it. Ride to me feels okay. What do you think? Uh, yeah, a little bit choppy, but again, as you say, that's it's always, ooh slightly more um you feel it slightly more from the passenger seat but it's a oh we have a bong traffic hazard alert ahead so not entirely sure what that is something is currently restricted not entirely sure what but yeah this is uh, it feels it feels good i think it feels firmly sprung but then sayats generally are and cooper is the sporty brand or sporty arm of sayat so i kind of expect that the pedal is disconcerting, I'm not going to lie. It picks up well enough, it turns in quite nicely. And it's the kind of car I think you can have as a family car and probably still enjoy the drive home after dropping the kids off somewhere through a country road. Definitely, definitely more interesting and entertaining to drive than the Megane is. And not quite so traditional inside, so you've got a big screen, got a small monitor on top. It's kind of what we expect electric cars to be more than we expect cars to be. It's different. I'm not sure it's it's any better than the quality of the trim inside the Megane, but it's definitely a level up on the ID3, which I thought was rubbish. Although it does seem to have these stupid windows where you have electric window switches for the front, but you have to touch something else to get the electric windows in the back to work, which to me seems, well, just silly because- It's very odd. It only saves what, one button? It saves one button, adds an extra step in pressing buttons and besides which when I'm driving I don't want to take my eyes off of where I'm looking or even the steering wheel to try and find out how to press the button to lower the rear windows it makes no sense to me whatsoever so that is something they need to sort out frankly otherwise everything else is logically laid out it has buttons that actually do things so these are unlike the VW buttons you press them and they actually move so quite happy with that um, 
Everything else is a Cupra drive mode button on the steering wheel, all that kind of caper. It does have the same silly climate controls which are at the bottom and don't appear to be lit, which is a mistake. Um, this is something that they've carried over from VW and VW just need to stop it, frankly. Um, stop this silliness now. I'm sure their next models won't have these same uh, foibles, but here we are. Right, you are in the seat then, Jim. Drive profile. So we got two buttons on the steering wheel to do the uh, the modes. Yes, if you press the right hand one, it goes straight into Cupra mode. Ooh, drive profile Cupra. Is that better? Is that the best one? Yes. Excellent. We'll stick with that then. These massage seats are a thing, aren't they? They're, they're kicking in. They're doing a thing. Yeah, so we're getting a back massage at the moment, um, which is quite nice. Oh, there's a new smart Hello. car. Help yourself. You're, uh, you're going, are you? Lovely. There's a few bits that are also carrying over from other other Audi and, and VW products, like the pedals, I've noticed. Indicators, wipers, all that kind of thing. It's an XC40 recharge next to us, so the electric one. I think, despite the fact that the design is a few years old now, it still looks quite sharp. It does, doesn't it? And he's just gone. Absolutely disappeared. So chassis feels quite good, quite grippy, quite responsive, quite safe, quite planted. Great through the on-camber stuff. The uh, the off-camber left-hander at the top of the hill here is always the giveaway. If it uh, if it all falls apart there, then you know it's not the best thing in the world. Oh, that was good. Stuck with that very well. Do we think that this is the answer to an electric hot hatch? Because I don't think so. No, no, it's it's not quite that. Those hot hatch shells, like I say, there's a bit a good good bit of adjustability in the chassis, and it and it held on well. But I, yeah, I just think that electric cars' weight is the killer, and and weight is the killer of crisp, nimble handling, adjustability. You know, the straight line performance, fine, it, it picks up and it goes, and the on-camber stuff, brilliant. The the bits that highlight where a chassis will fall apart, it's it's okay, it's certainly better than some, but it's yeah, it's not quite a, a hot hatch, is it, let's be honest. No, no I agree. There's no Fiesta ST, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, I really don't think it's it's going to be... Uh, the electric future of hot hatches is not this. I think it's a nice car, and I think it's probably a nice family car that you can enjoy, but it isn't the car you'd reach for the key or key card for on a weekend to go out for a blast on a Sunday morning, is it? No, definitely not. Still quite like it, I have to say. Yeah, I do. I think if uh, if the um, the size and, and shape of the car suits your needs, then... I think actually it's quite, uh, I don't know, we were talking earlier about uh, S-Max and if you need or have to have a seven-seater then an S-Max is the nicest one to drive so if you find yourself with a need for a car like this let's compare this to the Megane. Is it hotter and better to drive than the Megane? Yes, by, by a million miles so, but it's how much? Well that's a great question. The Cupra born prices start from about £36,000 if you're going to give this a score, then Jim, how much do we think? I were. What did I give them again? Six, five, six, five, six. I'd give this seven, eight. Yeah, I think I'd give this seven and a half. There's lots to like. There's a few bits that are irritating me. Would I buy one if you asked me for today? I would have thought about it. Yes. Now I'm not so sure I would, especially when I think this is about forty. Just for fun, then, we are now in Your the. Car? Well, not my car, Amy's car, the Ateca Cupra. This feels remarkably like home. <laughs> Presumably there's a start button on this one somewhere. Ah, oh, on the steering wheel. Sporty. Caution, the engine is running. There's a lot of beeping. The door is open. Right. So this feels remarkably like Amy's car. It's pretty much the same inside, except for the leather and bits are blue, which is a bit weird. With bronze stitching. With bronze, bronze stitching. Bronze I like. 
and the steering wheel I like and there's this infotainment's been updated but it'd be interesting to see what difference uh, this really makes by comparison so this has the EA AAA engine the same one that you get in the Golf R and in the Audi S3 and the Seat sorry I'll say Seat Cupra Leon Cupra but it's now the Cupra Leon but anyway it's the same cable so let's see how this compares I'm not entirely sure that her car needed this engine but I guess we'll find out soon enough so without further ado let's get ourselves on the road straight into sport mode and let's be having you then well for a start it's a bit quicker pulling away so you'd probably expect that my wife's car it's a 1.4 150 horsepower with a DSG box still has the same gearbox in it there's no no difference between the two otherwise it feels largely the same the steering just doesn't have enough weight really for this type of car but we'll see oh makes a nice noise it does so it'd be interesting to see if you get the what they call the DSG farts when you're when you're pushing on Paddles are nice. Sport. It should be in sport, is it not already? Cupra. Cupra mode, that's the one. Right, so we're in our quickest, fastest modes. Someone in a Mackie there is getting a telling off. And we are following the Maserati. So one would hope that uh, he puts his foot down and gets on with it in a minute. Ooh. Keeping up with the Maserati. We are. I don't think the Maserati is giving it full beans. I'm going to say. I hope the Maserati isn't giving it full beans. I'm saying that he's being remarkably cautious. And he's Mind the bumps. Straight over the washboard. Oh, oh my God! No, get over. Yep. That's a stone chip waiting to happen there. There was something coming the other way, but there we go. Oh my word! I think the Maserati's on pedestrian mode. Right here we go. So. What's interesting is, it doesn't feel savage this, considering it's 300 horsepower, so it's twice the power. The drive feels almost exactly the same, and I'm straight in the seat, and I feel quite comfortable. Oh my goodness, right, so what we've got now is a lot of understeer. So we're going in keen, using both sides of the road. This is night and day by comparison to the Cooper Bourne. <clears throat> the the Cupra had a, a lot better road holding. So my uh, original preconception was that A, we didn't really need to have more than 150 horsepower, but also <laughs> that this car would struggle to really do much with 300 horsepower. See, I don't know, this, this picks up and seems to go all right to me. The power is fine. I just think it's not necessary really for the type of car that it is because I'm very used to having this engine in an S3. So we are keeping up with the Maserati at this stage. I am, I mean, we are being keen. We are being keen and, and glancing at the speedo, we're moving at a speed quicker than we were in the Cupra and a lot quicker than we were going in the Megane. So this is probably finding its limits and we're not unsettled, are we? We've not got a moment where we're sliding around the track, but there's no question that an MC12 has a bit more power to it than uh, a 300 horsepower SUV. Although I'm not sure I wouldn't be slightly embarrassed if I was driving that and I was being trailed by a, you know, a family, a family SUV. Come on. What's telling is when you get to the very bottom of this corner, you brake hard. The brakes are excellent. They're so much better than some of the other stuff we've done today. Off camber, no problem at all. It's not unsettled. It's very predictable. Does it make the best of that engine? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It, it, that engine is better in an S3. It's better in a Golf R than it is in this. If you want a car where you just want the power for overtaking, do you really need it? I'm not sure that you do. I think if I was had the option now of trading in and buying one of these, or trading in and keeping the change and spending on something else, I'd probably have two cars spend the money on something else but yeah it's it's not bad I think probably compared to a lot of the stuff that we've driven recently this is starting to feel its age now so the Ateca alongside the Karok the equivalent age <laughs> the Maserati's going around again for, a, for, for another lap does need the practice having been uh, kept up with with the with the Sayat here 
Um, I, I think it, it, it feels like a car from the generation before to me now. Um, so it probably is due for a newer version, despite having a facelift. And I'd say it probably doesn't look the freshest in here now as a result either. But it's still a fine thing. Yeah, I think this is this is quite nice in here. I quite like this actually because it's there's buttons. It's okay. It's a bit Teutonic, a bit plain maybe, but it's got some nice jazzy touches to it. So, is it the most exciting place to sit? No. Does it all work? Yes. Have you got actual physical clicky functional buttons? Yes. So, and yeah, it's it's a tricky one a car like this because the the SUV serves a purpose and fits a market. Something that's quick fits a purpose and serves a market. Trying to combine the two is uh, oh, we've got an almighty traffic jam here. Is uh, something that does the two is uh, is always a a tricky balance. You know, does a family SUV need to be this quick? No. Actually, if you only have one car and you need an SUV or think you need an SUV to do SUV things. Are you best off just having the quickest one? Yes, I think you probably are. Yeah, I, I was expecting to like this because, well, we liked it enough that uh, my wife and I would spend enough money on it that it would be our, our normal family car. It's, it's my wife's car, really. It's not mine at all. But nevertheless, I like it enough that I would jump into it and we'd, we'd go and, on long-distance journeys in it and we use it as a car. And, and yeah, so I don't. there's nothing about it that I particularly dislike I I don't think the, the quality of the interior trims the last word the seats in this coupe for one are much nicer um, but it's yeah it's it's a nice enough thing I think if you want something like this if you want a, a fast car though buy yourself either, either a Leon which has better interior if you don't need the extra space of the SUV and if you want it to if you want the performance or otherwise maybe look at something like the, the Golf R maybe look at an estate perhaps but yeah I think that's probably normal fare from us, isn't it? And I guess this being the last car that we've been driving today, it's probably time for us to end. So on that note, should we go and get some tea and cake? Let's do that. UK Motor Talk at the SMMT Test Day 2023 is a first take media production.